This is the Perfectly Mentored Podcast with your host, Jason Portnoy. Just the other day, my assistant messages me. She's like, do you want to know how to... I said, no, this is one of those cases of like, show me the baby. Yeah. Don't tell me about the pregnancy, right? Like, I, I don't need, I don't, I don't need to hear any about that. I don't want to learn this. This is all you, you go take care of this. Just have it done. And, and that's all that matters. So I have a, I have a term for that, that I've been teaching a lot of our students. I say outsource the outcome, not the process. Hmm. De- sorry, not outsource, delegate the outcome, not the process. Hmm. So in a lot of places in my company, I tell my team, cause I have an amazing team and I trust them because they're freaking rock stars. I just say, this is, the, this is the outcome I want. Is it clear? Is my, I will spend as much time with you clarifying the outcome. Yeah. Is my outcome clear? Yes. Good. Then there'll be, I, I'm, how you do it is irrelevant to me. It's like captain's I'm intent. Not, yeah. It's not, I'm not like, I'm here to give you an opinion. If you have a question, give me it. If you have three options and you want me to pick, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. But, um, I'm not it's funny. Get myself I, involved in the process. I do the same thing for certain things. I'm like, this is what I want done, how it gets done. Yep. You know, here, here are the limitations, right? You can't go spend $20 million to get this done, but, yes. but here are the, the constraints, how it gets done. Aside from that, don't care. Be ethical, be a good person and don't waste my money. And, and, and we're okay. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious, you deal with a lot of entrepreneurs and with your success. I, I'm curious if you've had the similar experience. When I was getting started, the last thing I ever wanted to hear about in any program I went to, any mastermind, any coach, whatever it was, was mindset. Don't talk <laughs> to me about mindset. I don't want to know any about, I, I don't want to deal with this at all. The more success I've gotten, the more I realized just how critical this thing and that 99% of this game is internal. That's my opinion. I'm curious to know if you've had, the, if you share the same thoughts or had the same experience. So um, I, I loved personal development, by the way. My second domain name I ever bought was IWillFight.com. I mm-hmm. like the fighter mentality. That was a big part of me, right? Because with my health condition, with everything I'd face, like I had to fight through it. So I love personal development until like I started reading The Secret and all these things. And I immediately turned and I was like, and I've always called it woo-woo. That's my, that's my term for personal. Oh yeah. The woo woo stuff. Right. Um, you'll be surprised to know till this date, I've never once attended a Tony Robbins event. I've spoken at a Tony Robbins event. I've never attended as an attendee, which is usually shocking for people in our industry and being entrepreneurs. I have been to only one actual personal development event. That was five day event. And that was for Bob Proctor. Mm-hmm. And I was only going to sit for half a day, but he's smart. He put me in the front. And very day one, he said, I'm watching this guy. He needs to sit through this whole event. So I sat through the event. Hmm. Um, but I was very begrudged about it and didn't want to be there. And I'll tell you what I have discovered over the last few years. Uh, you're 1,000% correct. It is because now the way I deal with people, um, you know, I, I saw a quote by a billionaire. And it really, uh, it's simple, but it really made an impact. So we all have the same amount of time in a day. Billionaires aren't billionaires because they work harder than a lot of us. There's only so many hours in the day and there's only so hard you can work. So if you're at a level 10, you're at a level 10. Billionaires are billionaires because of mostly two things. One, what they believe, and two, the opportunities they choose. That's really all it is. You can simplify it down to that. And so for me, I'll give you a prime example. In 2008, uh, the market crashes. It doesn't impact my business right away. And at that time, I'm doing about 10 million, seven to 10 million a year. 
uh, by 2010, my business completely collapsed and I was 1.7 million in debt. Um, and we had dropped a revenue down to like 3 million. Okay. It was, it was bad. It was catastrophic during that same time. I'm having major health issues. I'm ending up at the hospital. I'm having all these issues. I, I got to go of most of my team and I go of my office. It's really dramatic. I shut down my offices in India. Um, thank God for my best friend who at that time was at car dealers. He came over, became the president of my company saved. Cause I was just like, I was like down and out. Like I didn't want to do anything. And he, he kind of came in and he held the ground. And I had this moment where I was just like, I'm not going down. I'm not going out like this, but check this out. This is the part I really want people to understand. I went from paying, I went from $1.7 million in debt to paying that debt back and being back to an eight figure company in about 18 months. So the first time it took me six to seven years to do the second time it took me about 18 months. What's the difference? It's right here. It's what I believe. See, I now believe I can do, I can build a $10 million a year company. Why? Because I've done it. So I see all the time people that are struggling to just even do a million a year. And I'm like, man, while you're building a million a year, I'll build three 10 million a year companies. Why do billionaires lose it all and then become a billionaire again two years later? So that's all proof. That's factual, structural proof that mindset is the battle. It's what you believe. It's the, it's the, it's the realm you the possibilities. So in the end, mindset, it's not about, in my opinion, it's not about motivation. It's not about, it's genuinely working on what you believe because you are what you believe, right? It's so true. And so I spend now a lot of time. Now I don't, I still don't go to personal moment seminars. I love reading books and I do read personal moment books, but you know what I do is I spend time with myself. I, I, I pray, which is in for a lot of people is meditation. Um, I, I spend a ton of time with my, 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 my little girl, my family, like that to me is all personal development time. And one of the biggest things I do is I invest in coaching and mentorship from people that are at least, you know, five to 10 X of where I am because they, they change my mindset. So I, I have learned to do a lot of personal development and mindset work, but what I have found for me, rather than go to a three, four, five day workshop, what works better for me is through observation. I surround myself with people that are already doing it. I learned by observation. That's a personal thing. I don't know if that's true for everybody. That's a very long answer, Jason, to a short question. No, it, 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 it goes back. It goes crap, like mindset is everything. But it also goes back to what you said. It goes to coaching, right? I think one of the most important things about coaching and masterminds is, is you thinking a million dollars is a lot of money until you hang around people who are making $10 million. Yeah. And the only way for you to, for you to regulate that thought process is for them is for you to see that to them, $10 million isn't a lot of money. They're aiming for a hundred million dollars. And the only way to do that is to be surrounded by those people because otherwise you'll never think past that. If you're hanging around people who are doing $50,000 a year, guess what? It's very hard to break out of that and do a million, 5 million, 10 million. So I joined a mastermind. I paid a lot of money. It took me a long time to get to be a part of it. It's a quiet, secret, secretive mastermind. It's not in our industry. It's mainstream um, worldwide. It's like, a, it's like a little Mensa society. But the ticket into it is net worth. You have to have X amount of net worth to be able to get in. And so, um, and, and notice how I said X. I'm not allowed to talk about it. I'm not allowed to name it. I'm not allowed to tell people I'm in it, but we can, I can vaguely speak about it. So um, I took about, it's a seven, it took me about seven months to, to finally get acceptance into it. And I'm, I'm in, we meet um, every month. 
small meetings. It's a big mastermind meets in small meetings. I meet with my small one in DC once, once a month. They just published data two months ago. So what they'll do is they'll like kind of canvas the entire group and they publish data and they put out like the, the chunks, like net worth of X to X, X to X, like what percentage of their members. All I know is that for all the success I've had and in our industry, when I walk into a room, I'm typically in the top five or 10% of the room, um, if not more, I was in the bottom 5% of this group. And for about 10 minutes, that was depressing as hell. And then after I got past their little ego hit that I had, I was so excited. I'm like, holy crap, because I'm sitting in a room where people are nonchalantly discussing investment deals where they will write a check for one deal that check is greater than my entire net worth. And they are talking about it while they're eating an apple. And I'm just like, wow, like talk about stretching your capabilities and your beliefs. And they're younger than me. They're younger than me. And I'm like, you, you can't help but leave the room saying two things. One, if he can do it or she can do it, I can do it. And two, when I'm ready to do it, I know exactly who to call. So um, when I invest in coaching, I, I, I want to say like part of it, because I put probably about $200,000, two to two two fifty a year into my personal yep. development. Masterminds are a part of that. And I'm not in a lot of masterminds. I'm in three right now. Um, that'll, get, that'll get down to two. But these two are like, I'm in it for very strategic reasons. I think that's the order of investments, right? Everyone wants to invest in real estate, invest in yourself, yeah. your business, then, then into passive. Um, I, I want to talk about, about before, before I let you go, you know, entrepreneurship as, as, as a whole and where you see, where you see that going. I think, I think during COVID we had this big rise of one of entrepreneurs, everyone's off work. And honestly, easiest time to ever advertise and grow a business was during those times. Yeah. Um, and now we're going into, you know, consumer index is low economy. What's, what's your take on what happened over the last two years and where do you think things are going now? All right. I'll give you the raw. I don't know if this is, you know, it's going to probably upset some people, but so be it. Um, we got lazy. We got handouts and, we all want to stay home. And I don't know, the entitlement in people as a whole just went freaking through the roof. Listen, I was in India a few weeks ago and I go to India a lot. So um, I, I had an office, I had a company in India for a long time. So for about 10 years, believe it or not, I used to go to India six to seven times a year. That's a 24 hour flight each way. Um, I used to have my own house there. I would stay there. I had a company there. And I would always just, I left that country. Uh, I closed my office down there about, about 11, 12 years ago. And I was like, I'm done. I want nothing to do with this place. Like, I don't like the culture. I don't like the people. I don't like how things are. And like, no one cares about their work and everyone's always trying to screw you. And it's fine. I can say this because I'm Indian. So no one get offended. That's the experience I had. I've made a YouTube video about it. I went recently now, I keynoted an event there and I didn't want to leave. If it wasn't for my little girl and my wife back here, I think I would have stayed because gosh, man, it was energizing, enterprising. People are hopeful. The startup culture is massive. People are building. People are excited. People are doing crazy things. So over the last couple of years, I think what happened, especially in the Western world, is we got all these hand. Now, no one got handouts there. The Indian government wasn't going around throwing money to everybody. You had to figure it out. It was survival of the fittest in its rawest. And what it did is it brought out 
the enterprising part of the community. It brought people out with solutions. And on our side, we just had checks, 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 checks. And people just got like unemployment checks and this check and that check and all these entitlement programs and this and that. So I think a lot of people were trying to become entrepreneurs because they were just bored and they didn't know what to do. Having said all of that, here is where I think we are. Now we're in a reality check. People are starting to figure out they've maxed out their debt. We're at the highest level of personal debt that's ever been seen. So people have had more money, more debt on credit cards, more second mortgages on homes than ever seen before. Um, so they're tapping that out. They're tapping those checks out. They're trying to go back to work in an interesting time. Well, actually, you can still get a job, but um, times are a little bit interesting. Um, I believe we are going to see a massive uprising in the freelance solopreneur gig economy, as they call it. I think that's the next big wave. I, I think it's already started because, you know, it's one thing to do what we've always talked about as entrepreneurs. We all want to make millions, I want to make, you know, multiple six figures. But most people, you know, like the average, I forgot the number, but the average salary of, of an American is like $38,000, $39,000. It's not a very high number. In the gig economy, you can make that pretty simply. Like, look at how Uber and driving for like Lyft and all these things have come out now. A lot of people do that full time. So I think entrepreneurship is gonna is gonna take an interesting interesting. There's gonna be like divisions of it, right? There used to be a day where entrepreneurship meant you're a Silicon Valley going to raise money, building a big company. Then there was like the internet came and we're like, no, you can be an entrepreneur with a small business and a few people and never raise money. Now you're gonna see entrepreneurs that are, you know. People that maybe work during the day and then do a couple of side gigs at night and on weekends um, to eventually maybe just replace their income. So I do think we're going to see a lot of that. I think on our industry, the consumption is going to go through the roof. Um, and I think right now you're just kind of feeling the whiplash of a lot of people that stormed into it, wanting to do it, and now realizing, oh, my God, this is not that easy. You'll kind of filter that out, but then you'll see it kind of start picking back up again. I, I do think that the future, the gig economy is really the future. Um, like a lot more entrepreneurs will be like the gig economy types than Silicon Valley types. I love it. I say, if you could solve problems, you'll never be without a job. So hundred percent. that's the most important thing. I, I mean, I got two last questions for you. First question okay. is based off everything we said, I think it's very important to put something in perspective, something that I've been very vocal about recently. Um, you know, I, I was the, I'm busy, I'm working, I got to work went on my first family vacation in four years um, with the family and something just snapped. And I was like, this is it. Like everything that I looked at for wealth or what, or I defined wealth is completely backwards and off. Like, this is it. This is what, and we've come to a time where entrepreneurs sacrifice the things that they have right now for the things they want later. But the things they want later are the things they have right now right? So they're sacrificing the moment. I think there needs to be a redefinition of what wealth really means. And I used to laugh when I used to watch Gary Vaynerchuk videos and he's like, happiness and, and that's the currency and all that. I'd be like, oh, shut up. Like, and, and I like Gary and <laughs> just, I think it was early. I think it was early first time. I think, I think it was just early on, on, on the message, but now it, that clicks, that makes sense. And I think, you know, I have a, one of my clients, one of my consulting clients, you know, we were on the call and we were talking about how to scale the business. And she's like, business is making money, but the more I scale it, the the less I'm able to be a mom for my kids. So I always just stop and pull back. And I'm like, and it just hit me. I'm like, then done. 
you, 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 it's game over. You won the game. Just figure out not how to lose more money or how can you make, make money more passively on the side, but you're done. Like, like, what are you trying to fix in your mind? Do we think we need, do you think we need a redefinition of wealth? I mean, I redefined it. So I can give you a practical story. You're going to laugh. It's the most shocking thing. I'm known to do crazy things in business. Sometimes I'm very much so about fulfillment. I don't like right now, if you wired me a hundred million dollars tomorrow, my life would change to zero. I hmm. already live in my dream home, drive my dream cars, take my dream vacations. I'm very happy. I got everything I want. Um, so here's the thing. My daughter was born 10 months ago. She's 10 months in a week as of the time we're filming this. It's my first kid. Um, I'm 39. So we're a little late to get start. And my whole life turned around when she was born. Uh, my whole perspective changed. I didn't actually realize it until like months later when people like reverse engineered all the stuff I was doing. And they're like, you do realize this is like, you don't realize the awakening you've had. I'm like, oh no, I don't. But now you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, about a month after my daughter was born, I shut down my entire company. All of it. We're talking deca millions a year because I was constantly stressed out. I was working hard. I was working extra. I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't really happy. I kept saying, I want to change. I want to change. I want to change. It had been years. And what I said, when I saw my daughter, what I said was this, I have enough money that I don't have to work. And I have enough money that she probably doesn't have to work. I have taken care. I've worked hard for that. So it's, it's not, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I, I hate all the people that feel entitled that they are entitled to my money because I have it. No, I worked really hard for it. Took a lot of risks for it. Um, but the point is I have it. She's going to live the best life, go to the best schools, live the, work, have the best clothes. Um, I have all the cars I wanted. I mean, like, like what am I doing? Why, why, wh- I don't want to miss her first step. I don't want to miss the first time she sits up. I don't want to miss the first time she says, Dada, I don't want to be, you know, I have a friend of mine, um, his girl at school was doing this thing. This really impacted me. A few years ago, he told me the story. And they said, who is your dad's favorite person? And she wrote his laptop. Hmm. And he told me that because it was a big thing for him. It changed him a lot. And I was like, dude, I don't ever want that. So for me, I just I shut everything down. I was just like, no, this comes first. Family, her, my family. Like, so um, I'm going to build the business around that. And so there's no exceptions there. There's exceptions in business. So I shut everything down and rebuilt. And here's the crazy thing. I had a student of mine recently tell me this. Um, his name is Sam. Sam said, Anik, I don't think the laws of physics apply to you. I don't think you have only 24 hours in a day. I think you work a lot harder because I've since launched more companies done bigger things and I've gotten more uh, public. I'm expanding into other countries. And I laughed at him and I said, do you know something that's so funny, Sam, that you say that because in the last year or 10 months, I work less now than I've ever worked before. And I do two or three times as much because my daughter gave me boundaries that I don't violate. My mornings are with her. My evenings are with her. I don't work past 515 and I don't work before nine. Everything in between I'll give to work, but anything outside weekends, forget about it. You try to get me on a call on a weekend, it ain't happening. I'll go, I'll let go of a multi-million dollar deal for that. Because here's what happens. When I get up in the morning, I put on my $10,000 watch. I put on my $700 Prada shoes. I put on my nice clothes. I, I'm in my nice big house. I eventually get in my $220,000 Audi R8. And I'm not trying to brag. I'm giving the numbers for a reason, guys. These are all things that people think, I want these things. And yes, and I, and I love them. And I'm not here to tell you, you, you shouldn't get them. They, I, come to my, I come to my office, which I built, which is a $4 million facility. All of that said and done, my favorite part of the day. None of that is my favorite. I do enjoy the car ride quite a bit. 
But my favorite part of the day is when I go home and I sneak around the corner and my daughter locks eyes with me and literally screams and starts like falling frantically and throws a massive hissy fit until I pick her up. That's my favorite part of the day. I don't miss that any single day. So the point here is um, wealth was redefined to me. And for me, my wealth, I, I, the wealth got redefined for me as freedom to make sure I'm present for every key moment in my daughter's life. I love it. That's I love it. And similar moment, my son, when he was, so I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old and one on the way. Um, my son, when he was like two, was walking around with the phone, with, with a cell phone going, I'm daddy, I'm daddy, I'm daddy. And I'm like, oh man. And my wife's like, yeah. see, see, you're, 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 <laughs> const you're constantly on your phone. And, yeah. and, and you're right. I'm glad you, I'm glad you realized, I'm glad you realized these things early because you, you can have it all you can have a business you can have yeah. happy and, and you can be happy and you can have the moments you could have it all you have to build it and i think when people show me their calendars and it's constantly busy and they're like look how busy i am i'm like no you're just a horrible operator and manager of your time yeah. um or or you're in the wrong opportunity and that's something i really want to correct but i used to have the biggest mess of a calendar and i used to and then i looked at it and i'm like man this doesn't make me busy this is makes me awful with time management. I'm going to let you go one question to bring it back full circle. And I waited on it because I wanted to bring it back full circle. What did that guy tell you to do on the internet when you were in that private forum? Yeah, I, I, um, I get asked that by, by those who listen closely. Yeah. So we, um, we built, okay. So on that forum, I used to, uh, ask a lot of questions. There was one software that had come out back then called Traffic Equalizer. All the OGs will remember it. It was it made waves on the internet. Basically, it would spam Google to get you traffic. That's what it was, it was Black Hat. I had somehow gotten really good at that software. I had played with it a lot and I started seeing people on the forum ask questions. It was like, a, it was like it's like chat GPT is today to marketers. It was like that software was being talked about a lot. So on the forum, I, I was really blessed to be able to help people. So I would answer questions all the time. So here's what he did. He said, look, Obviously, the guy who created this software is slammed and is not supporting people correctly because they're frantically looking for help. We are going to create a simple one page where you're going to say, here's who I am. I'm an expert at this software. If you want me to for free, all you need to do is click the link below and buy the software using my link. I'll get paid about $75 in commission. And in exchange, I'll give you my email address and I'll support you. And so we built a really ugly page. And then what he did is he told me, now use your signature file on your forum. These are things that don't really exist today, but signature was like at the bottom of every post, you had a signature where in these forums, you're allowed to put a URL. Well, I was never even using it. So the minute I put the signature file in on all my posts that I've made even in the past, the signature file appeared and that URL showed up. And then he said, for the last few hours, go answer as many questions as you can. For people on this software so that we get your signature file showing up as often as it possibly can so people would click the link in the signature file they'd go to this one pre-sell page they'd click the link go to that site and i did that and i remember going to bed around 2 2 or whatever i was super tired I, had, I actually had a big exam the next morning i woke up at nine i know exactly because that's when my alarm was set and i lunged out of bed and i went to my computer logged into clickbank it was being sold on clickbank and i was like 310 dollars i'd made so Super simple. And I've, I mean, 
I've, that still works today. Like it literally still works just as well, if not better today. It's amazing how, how often entrepreneurs overcomplicate things and make things super complicated. Anik, thank you so much for being here. Hey everyone. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you for your attention. And if you made it this far, you're clearly somebody who wants to take their business to the next level. You want to get better. And I understand that being an entrepreneur sometimes can feel like a little bit of a lonely journey, which is why being part of a thriving community of like-minded people is just so important. It was super helpful in my own development as well. And as is the ability to instantly get answers to the questions you may have in order to grow and scale your business. It's for that reason why I launched a consulting coaching program called the Market Domination Method. And guess what? If you're listening to this and you hear this, we're open for applications right now for new members to join. So to request an invitation or to book a free diagnostic call, call it a game plan call. I'll literally sit with you and demonstrate the value that we could bring to your business on that call. Let's jump on a call. Uh, we'll discuss ways you could possibly grow your business. Head on over to jportnoy.com, J-P-O-R-T-N-O-Y.com. You'll find all the different ways you could work together. It's going to be the best business decision you'll make. So hope to speak soon. Head on over to jportnoy.com, book that free game plan call, and I look forward to talking to you soon.